right now we are going to do Afterglow, which is, uh, what is Afterglow, you may ask? Um, <laughs> it's just we have a discussion about the talk afterwards and see what people think and uh, thought of the talk and sometimes push back, sometimes talk about different stuff. So we're going to do that for a few minutes and uh, just open up the mics. So as soon as Caleb's got it, he's got it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Afterglow. We're going to kind of reflect on the service. And uh, we talked a lot about John Caputo's book. read some of his book, uh, The Folly of God. And we're going to kind of talk about that. So here we go. I got something. You got something? Yeah. The When I first was introduced to the idea of what Caputo calls weak theology, which is a lot what he's drawn from, they're talking about the the weakness of God. It was really off-putting to me at first. It's like, it, like you said, I, I think sometimes he uses what we might call heretical language to be provocative. Yeah. And um, once I did a little bit more research and, and read about it a little bit more, I think that what I took from what he was saying is that in a, an omnipotent being choosing to show love instead of force and choosing to be unjustly killed instead of calling down angels or in, in choosing to turn the other cheek instead of striking back in, in having that much power and choosing to display what we would perceive as weakness that is the more uh, I guess at the end of the day almost the more powerful choice so I don't that's maybe to, to help I just said it to help clarify remind myself and and just to that's just how I was finally able to say oh okay this is what he's saying he's not saying that that God is a literal weak being he's saying that there's there's power in choosing weakness or uh, you know or, or being pacifist I guess almost yeah a, a pacifist God and he also talks about there being no secret card hidden up God's sleeve that's going to be like aha yeah. now I'm here to take care of everybody I mean yeah Thank you. Thank you, Caleb. Is it? Well, my name is Rachel, and I. Uh, hi. Thanks so much for the talk, and I really um, love this. Um, the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, being in the midst of us, being here in us, and I somehow missed that growing up. I that was a big breakthrough for me as an adult, knowing or having this um, the concept of. Um, the kingdom of heaven being right here in me and around um, around me, really big breakthrough in that understanding of that. And um, I I feel like um, a lot of times I, I don't know. Like I, I have this this feeling like I don't know what is going on. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. But um, I feel like this the the, the idea that that. The kingdom of God and um, of heaven is right here. That is, um, it's an act of faith for me to. Um, that's where faith comes into it for me is um, knowing that that is that is here. I can't I can't see it. It's um, I'm blind to it. Or sometimes I can get little glimpses of it, which are wonderful when I can. But it's still there, and um, it makes me think of when you that you gave that example of Mother Teresa when um, she's. Um, when she her times of doubt were when um, that kingdom was there 
with her the most in some ways. Um, it's it's there we can't see it. I think faith plays into that too. I love the idea of you're saying that you love the Bible and so you look at it critically and study it and research and you you kind of argue with it in a sense and you engage with it and struggle with it Um, and it kind of it reminds me of you know, being a citizen of the U.S. and people will sometimes say, "Don't criticize the government, love it or leave it." But if you love, if you care about the country, you have to have that critical eye. You have to struggle with the things that happen because we want it to be more just. And I just, um, when we care about something deeply, there's that struggle. Yeah, I definitely get more frustrated with people whom I love them. You know, like like family members or like, you know, romantic interests. Like, if, if someone, if some random person is mean to me on the side of the street, it's like, oh, I don't know that guy, whatever. But if someone who I really love does a small thing, it just tears me up, you know. More critical of the things we care about. Yeah. How long have you been referencing the folly of God or Caputo in your um, talks? I've, I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter. I'm just very I guess eight years, maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, um, I've read Caputo for maybe that long, um, but not referencing him this much sure. as I have the past couple months, I guess. Um, I was more wrestling with him and trying to understand him a little bit more the first few years I started reading him. <laughs> My buddy Pete Rollins gave him gave me his books. And he's a living theologian? Yep. Huh. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's alive as well. And uh, as far as I know, um seen him speak a few times. Pretty pretty challenging character. I mean his books are very a lot of his books are just almost impossible to read in my opinion. But um but I just learned to try to take my time. Sure. Grace and provocation. Yeah. Kind of what Kayla was saying about Caputo and the weak theology. When I first got into Caputo, after reading Pete's book, Pete Rollins' book, I was, in our culture, we hear weak as a negative. Yeah. Oh, like this is weak or whatever, but the weak theology is in a way of what the personhood of Christ what Jesus did dying on the cross because everyone wanted like you were saying like this king to come like all all the followers were like Jesus is going to bring down all these angels in this kingdom and blah 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 and Jesus didn't and so and then he died a criminal's death which was you know being crucified and to me when I read Caputo that's the whole point what he's trying to say was that it's absurd at what we as Christians now in the 21st centuries and even in the centuries you know, post-resurrection was that we wanted this God to come down to rule, to be like what we look at as presidents, prime ministers, whatever, these big armies. And Caputo is like, Jesus, it's a weak theology, and he's not using weak as a negative, he's using it as a positive. Yeah. And is saying that this Jesus character who we follow, if we do follow Jesus, 
it's a weak theology because Jesus did the thing that everyone thought he shouldn't do. And out of that, I find, I agree, Caputo is a very heady person, but when I read his, I forget what book it was, just specifically on weak theology, it just kind of opened up my my eyes to be like, this is incredible what Jesus did. And then I think Caputo has a high Christology, yeah. uh, you know, a high view of Christ. And what you said, though, is if we actually follow the teachings of Christ, you know, from the resurrection on, it it is absurd because it's telling us it's telling us to do everything opposite that our culture tells us to do. And it's funny how we kind of fall into and put that culture and project it onto Christ. Was it uh, Brendan Manning? He said, God made us in our... God made us in His image and then we return the favor. Like in a, just you said you liked Galatians. Like one of the verses in it talks about how are we living to please fellow man or to please God? And we're we're supposed to be I suppose pleasing God. And, you know, versus is that what you were saying? No, I, I was just saying that when Christ died, it was like the form of the ultimate weakness because all the people were looking at Jesus to be this king as what, like, a ruler, someone to come down to, to, I don't know, bring his kingdom down. But I think Jesus was so subversive at what Jesus did and was like, you want to be part of this kingdom, don't do all this, do this. And, I mean, I do think we should love love God. I mean, that's biblical, but then we should also love our fellow human beings. So it's that duality, like... I forget what part in scripture where it says don't have any other gods before me but then the greatest gift is to love one another so I think there's that call that we should love God however that is whoever we think God is but then to love one another the best we can without being jerks easier said than done yeah I mean the two most important commandments is one of the one of the gospels is Love God with all your heart, and equally as important to love your neighbor as yourself. It's kind of the two are entwined. And I wish my air conditioning was as good at all. <laughs> I just sweat all night. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it said that sometimes people get they hear the word. Uh, kingdom of God and they think of the kingship of God as if God is some king and is going to have a kingdom um, I heard some people change the uh, term to like republic of God which is an interesting way to think of it but uh, or maybe it's a constitutional democratic republic of God <laughs> but, um, but yeah it's a it's like the opposite of Kingship. When you think of what Caputo is saying about like the some sort of anarchy system, like the anarchic uh, syndic- <laughs> syndicate of God or something like that, but uh, it definitely speaks to how I understand uh, God is this um, this weakness that be evoked and brought into the world through us as people. I mean, it, uh, 
you have like a week. Or if you think of God or theology of God as like a weak being, it's getting pretty close to this other guy's concept of like God is, is dead and can only be resurrected through our actions, through our... Um, God is resurrected through us, through all of you. It's not some powerful, transcendent being that's doing stuff outside of what we do. I just like the idea that God's imminently here and now within and through us. It's a very powerful, powerful idea that shapes how I see reality. If, um, since God is a mystery, he's a mystery, could he be both imminent and transcendent and we just yeah, yeah. I, I for some reason it just speaks to me more to think that God decided I should leave this transcendent realm <laughs> because being a human, being part of here and now is the best. And I think maybe it just speaks to me in a psychological way, perhaps, where it's like there's sometimes that part of myself that wants to be transcendent and beyond my life outside of it somehow and it speaks to me to think like that part of me should be more like God and should decide let's leave this out otherliness and be present in my own life in everything that's happening I I got, I've struggled before of trying to find uh, themes that make sense that speak to my own life and this one is, seems to be one that seems really powerful right now and maybe it's just a phase of it but it's like get rid of this concept that I myself can be apart from the life I'm in like, like here and now super important choose it will will that you are in a, a, yeah, that you're a part of this whole thing that's messy and complicated and, and um, rough sometimes, but like, will this? This is what you got. So hopefully you will it. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be a frustrated human or a frustrated person. I also think it's cool. Caleb brought it up when he talked last week, and you did too. Is what I wrestle with is we're always told how God's so transcendent, so out there. But then like you were saying, Curtis, too, and I agree, is that God is imminent and with us as well. But then when we're left with, you're going to do greater things than I. Yeah. Like when Jesus said that before Jesus ascended, I'm left as like, what the heck does that mean then? Does that mean we're going to do the same things Jesus did? Or is that just meaning these teachings that I left you, not only are you going to do them, but you're going to do them better than I did. That's what I get. And I don't know if that's heretical, but I think when Jesus said that and then was like, oh, I'm off the scene now. I'm now I'm going to be with the Father. I look at it as like, what, what did Jesus mean when Jesus said that? Like, you're going to do greater things than I. Because we, if we look at Jesus as the, as the archetype of who we're supposed to you know, live, and if we're Christians, that that's the person we follow or the God we follow, 
when we're left with you're going to do greater things than I, I'm just kind of like, it's cool, but then it's also the sense of dread. Because <laughs> there's a lot of like, okay, what? how do I do that? How do I take these teachings? And I, I personally look at it as Jesus is leaving us with these commands that Jesus gave us. And we're going to do them like he wanted us to do and maybe even greater, if that's possible. I'm mean, going to look at Paul's inclusion of the, of the Gentiles. Yeah. I mean, that's... He was building on a foundation that Jesus made, but he said, no male or female, Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free. Also, he equal everybody out even more than Jesus did. I mean, Jesus was did meet with Gentiles and eat with Gentiles, but Jesus also insulted Gentiles. Um, unfortunately um, and so he even opened the gate of inclusion even more so I think when we you know and I think we're supposed to build on that type of foundation and continue include 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 and not exclude 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 which everybody you know I think that's one of those things when you said you're going to do greater things than I he's saying you know you're going to be able to reach more people you're going to be able to love more people you're going to be able to help more people I'm, I was here for three years doing this for three years, you know, talking to small groups, and, and you're going to be able to build on this. Because obviously we're not out raising the dead or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb has a raising the dead ministry. She's so cute. Yeah. She's, she's done. Any other burning desires? Any other? Have you thought any more about... Um, oh. Inviting some outside speakers. Um, well, I've thought about it, yeah. Um, you got Josh coming in September. Yeah, I've got a member of the congregation that's online, who, but he's coming from New York in September to speak. Um, on the 25th, hopefully Curtis will be speaking, because that's my kid's birthday. Well, I was thinking of people that maybe think different. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking about inviting my, um, my dad, actually. By Skype, or I was going to ask him to fly in. Oh yeah. See, I think that would be great because this is a venue where we can talk. Yeah. Well, and that's what I wanted to be aware of ahead of time. I was saying, you know, we're going to have a conversation afterwards. But he's pretty good at that. Um, it scares me. You know, the thing that really scares me is more like what my liberal brothers and sisters online are going to say. Isn't that sad? They all want me to rebuke them and send them straight and roll right off. I'm not going to do any of those. But do you think that they look at it in terms of there's a talk and then there's afterglow and it's really one? Maybe not. Um, I think it would definitely be one of those ones where if we released the sermon, we would just keep the afterglow attached to it. (laughs) Importantly enough on that one, you know. We're going to have that. There, but yeah, I've thought about it, and um, as people, and you know, we had um, Marie, Marie, come and speak. So yeah, we're in the beginning of you know, had an atheist come speak, I have a conservative come speak, and yeah, we're gonna do that um, because I don't think it, it I think. That it won't just. I think it'll affect us in a positive way, and I think it'll affect the person who speaks in a positive way.
So we're an inclusive community. We're not a safe space. If safe space is where you go and not get offended or get a question or get hurt, because that's going to happen, folks. Too many churches become safe places where you're not offended and you're not hurt, you're not challenged, you're not grow. Yeah, make church scary again. Yeah, make, yeah, revolution, making church scary again. <laughs> not just for the visitor, but for the whole community. Anyone else? Do you want to tell us about your vacation? <laughs> no. Alright. Thanks everybody. That was a post-Christian podcast.